Sports. Oh, this is so good. The Final Frontier. These are the voices of the sinner and the saint. Did you really think that after absolutely blowing your butt out in game one? Did they blow their butt out? Yes, they blew their collective butts out to try to get that win. Their weekly mission to provide hot takes, medium takes, mild takes, to boldly go where no show has gone before. Take me to Flavortown. Luke Anderson. You're welcome. You're welcome, world. Will Darkens. I know what you're thinking. What will the butt test tell us that the nose <laughs> test didn't? The Sinner and the Saint Tailgate Show on 1080 The Fan. The Odyssey. Map. It's just turning into a gigantic Mexican. And 1080thefan.com. Hour two! If you missed anything from hour one, shame on you. But thanks for showing up for hour two. Don't worry about hour one. I mean, don't even bother. If you if you insist upon going back and listening to listening to it, the podcast is available. It's on 1080thefan.com, uh, odyssey.com, the Odyssey app. All of that after this hour is done, um, you can go out and uh, pick it up uh, at any of the uh, the UPS uh, locations or USPS. I'm sorry, uh, United you. States yeah. Postal Office uh, locations. It is in. A um, it is in a post office box. It's the only one that will be unlocked. Just go in there and grab it. Help yourself. Not only that, but they've also uh, started stocking them in the UPS stores. They're right next USPS. to USPS. USPS stores. Yep. Uh, that uh, they're right next to the uh, stationary section. The small sliver where they uh, sell you stuff for a higher price than you could buy it on Amazon. Yep. You can also find our podcast right next to the pilot pens. Oh yeah, yeah, they're perfect. All right. Um, want to talk about this coaching carousel? The in the NBA, right? The NBA, yeah. I don't think they fired any NFL coaches yet, have they? Uh, they did. I know they did. Yeah. <laughs> but they not. always do, yeah. and then they fired. That no has one. happened. But has anybody ever been fired like before the season starts? Just like, Ooh. like within like, like the they, time when camp started to yeah. kick off. I don't, I don't know. That's a good question. I really don't like how that uh, that those OTAs went. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Urban Meyer would have been the perfect candidate. But. <laughs> he should have been. Yeah. Like, usually they'll let him get to a game. Yeah. Uh, but right now you've got, okay, Frank Vogel mm-hmm. is going to, like, does the word name Frank Vogel give you any sort of confidence? Yes. That your team is getting better. Okay. Yeah. All right. I think so because the one of the Suns' biggest issues, um, well, apart from Devin Booker being a little bitch and Chris Paul... <laughs> Being unavailable. Yeah. Well, uh, hey, listen. Uh, Chris Paul was available last year in yeah. 2022 when they got beat by 30 in their yeah. uh, closeout game. Yes, he was not available this year when they got by 30 in their closeout yeah. game. Well, and the uh, surrounding basketball issue of many of those games was defense. And so okay. there was a very specific reason by which they actually brought Frank Vogel in, which when I heard about this hire, I went, oh, well, that makes sense. Frank Vogel is a defensive coach. That's what he does. Uh, He is, uh, you know, uh, uh, he's noted for his time in L.A. for helping Anthony Davis get better defensively um, uh, to take him to the level that he is now because Anthony Davis is an incredible defender. Yeah, he should be with the size. Yeah, right. It seems automatic. Right. But some players, it just kind of gets past you. And so, uh, yeah, bringing Frank Vogel in. Look, it's an established coach. It's somebody who's a title winning coach. It's somebody who has dealt 
with, uh, you know, big personalities before uh, Roy Hibbert, who I know that you're going to laugh at that, but Roy Hibbert was a personality oh, yeah. problem for that Pacers team. Uh, you know, so, so with DeAndre George, Aiden. right. You know, he's, he's dealt with LeBron James, Anthony Davis. So yeah, you're bringing him into a situation that, yeah, it's a little bit of a pressure cooker with DeAndre Ayton coming up on contract, Kevin Durant, who knows what happens with him, Devin Booker, little bitch and, uh, Chris Paul. Why so, is Devin yeah. Booker? He's a little bitch, dude. If you watched any, <laughs> if you've watched any Suns game, he will literally give up going back on defense to just bitch at a ref. Okay. Like for a while, not like the running back turns head and's like, not like every NBA player does. No, no, no. A lot of NBA players, it's you don't get the call, you start running, you turn your head back, and you go, "What was that?" Right? Devin Booker will literally just stop running, go over to the ref while action is still going on, and have a conversation with them. Yeah, Devin Booker is on my S list. I can tell. So that's my reason to which. Hiring Frank Vogel, I think, was probably your best option. Your best option. Okay, so... I don't know what other option you had. Well... Really? Yeah, well, I mean, this is part of the thing. So, Frank Vogel's uh, getting a five-year deal, and it's worth uh, $31 million. Mm-hmm. Okay. That seems reasonable, right? Yeah. Remind me again. The Phoenix Suns didn't play defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, terrible. All-time terrible in closeout games uh, to to continue playing in the playoffs. That's correct. I mean... All time, all time awful. Uh, they've got a young uh, centerpiece uh, that you could say, or a uh, a young talented center that uh, that they can't seem to get along with. Uh, mm-hmm. They've got uh, who, by the way, a point of contention was the former coach. Yo, no, no. There's no. Th- th- I'm just listing off. The, can't play defense. Can't close out a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't uh, appease a young. Uh, integral part of your team uh, wasn't able to do anything when Kevin Durant uh, showed up. That team, uh, Chris Paul, eh, you can excuse the you know the uh, the injuries with that, but the uh, Devin Booker being a little bitch. So those are the problems that the Phoenix Suns had. Yeah. That Vogel has to come in and correct. That seems like a lot of problems that a coach left behind and then goes to Detroit and is making $78 million. Mm-hmm. What is Detroit? Is Monty Williams that, like, I realize that they turned around when they got Chris Paul. That's great. They made it to the NBA Finals when they got Chris Paul. They did pretty well in the playoffs this year when they got Kevin Durant. What has Monty Williams really done other than being, I think, very good impressors, fairly likable, he has a lot of respect of the broadcasters. They always tell me how great he is. But what has Phoenix really done that commands $78 million from Detroit? Now, this is where you'll crap on it because you do this. And I still don't understand why you do this. But <laughs> Phoenix had, you will, because I'm yeah. pretty, this is an easy one for you to crap on. Phoenix had a 16-game turnaround season in to season out. Now, if we go back to our conversation about the Thunder, you will basically go, who cares that they won 16 more games yes. than the year before? Dude. 16 games is a huge deal. Okay. It's massive. If you were to win 16 more games than the year before, that shows a massive step of improvement. That's what the Suns did under Monty Williams. He came in. This was before Chris Paul, mind you. Sure. He came in when they were garbage. (laughs) First season, garbage. That happens. Second season in bubble, go on like a a crazy winning streak and then get to the bubble and almost get to the playoffs and win 16 games further. That much more improvement. You add Chris Paul, and you get to the finals. Again, I know it's you add Chris Paul, but you could have very easily done something, say, like, 
add Kyrie Irving and not make the playoffs at all, Dallas. But Frank Vogel. Yeah. Frank Vogel, mm-hmm. worth five years, $31 million. Mm-hmm. Monty Williams, worth six years, $78 million. Is he that is is he twice the coach that Frank Vogel is, the guy that was brought in to clean up the mess that he's leaving behind? Uh, twice I, as good. Yeah, I will agree with you in terms of the price. Now, I don't look at okay. price when it comes to coaches because I think, and that's when we're during good versus evil, I go, oh my gosh, Detroit has that amount of money to spend on yeah. a coach. Hey, people pay what they want. And I, I just shake That's my head not, and go, it's not, it's not our money. Yeah, I, 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 I don't care that. about that. But what I'm saying with Monty Williams is that I think it's a good hire for Detroit, though I think they probably overpaid him. But congrats to Monty. He's set for life. Um, you're coming into a situation that is probably just about as dumpster fire-ish as Phoenix, if not more. Yeah, Detroit is in complete shambles. They, they don't are. have any direction whatsoever. Cade Cunningham is not what they expect. <laughs> no. He's good. He's not number one pick good. He's he's average. And so you're asking Monty Williams to come in and you're saying to him, can you just hold serve here? Yeah. Can you make it not get worse and maybe a little better and give us more time? Because we're investing a lot into you right now. We're giving you all this money. We're giving you a long leash when it comes to how long you have to coach this team. And we want you to make them fundamentally better incrementally over time. Because it seems you did that in Phoenix. And if you can do that here, give us some more time. Perhaps we can hit on a really great player or a really great team. So, I I mean, that's kind of the whole thought with this. I agree with you. Completely overpaid him. But you're going to pay what you're going to pay. John Gruden got how much from the Raiders? I know. Oh, but, and here's Texter from last week, remember? Oh, but Sook said he's the greatest football mind ever. Well, he's unemployed. (laughs) No, he is. He's back with the Saints. Oh, right. That's right. He's back with the Saints. Uh, Which, by the way, they could not make that public. Because of the fact that he was a racist douche and that he, in fact, is a crap coach. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't care if you're an incredible football man. Oh, what was that? What's that, Adam Gase? Football genius and yeah. horribly unlikable person who's unemployed. So, anyway, that I, it's a smart move by both teams. Okay. Because uh, for okay. Phoenix, you got to shore it up. You got to bring in a sure thing. That's as much as you could afford with the guy. This is a good bet. Okay. All right. Well, I thought. I, I don't know. I'm looking. I'm looking at a list of top 10 coaches from the NBA last year. Four of them got fired this year. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's, I mean, coaching in the NBA, it seems to be one of those things where it's very difficult to quantify. I mean, you if you look at it right now, the top three coaches in the league, I think, are pretty unanimous. And you can put them in whatever, whatever order you want. Steve Kerr, who is now a long-tenured coach and a great player. Maybe you disagree. What? No, uh, Greg Popovich, mm-hmm. Eric Spolstra. Yeah, put them in whatever order you want to. Sure. But those guys are also guys that have gotten a, a long leash. I mean, er- Eric Spolstra has now. This is his what fifth or sixth finals run. Mm-hmm. He's missed the playoff three times. He's never really been on the hot seat. Greg Popovich, for everything that the Spurs have been without Tim Duncan, has never really been on the hot seat. And uh, Steve Kerr, the injury-riddled years, there's there's never really been any danger of them getting fired. But they also had some of the all-time, all-time greats. I mean, the Dwayne Wade championship is credited to Pat Riley. So mm-hmm. if you look at the runs that the, the, the Heat made, 
You had LeBron James, D. Wade, Chris Bosh. I mean, those teams were ridiculous, right? So, like, he won with stars. And then now you look at these teams with Jimmy Butler that have made it. You can, you know, admittedly, these teams are not as star-laden. But you can develop players when you've been there a little bit longer, it mm. feels like, right? Greg Popovich is getting the number one pick again. The next, the the, the guy that, the next best player since LeBron James in a draft. So if Greg Popovich comes out and gets another winning stretches because he's a great coach, or because he has an all-time, all-time cast. I think it's both. Yeah. So it's. I, I think it's both. And a really good uh, case study in this is, uh, do you remember David Blatt? Yes, I do remember David Blatt. So David Blatt was brought in from, I think, Italy. Mm-mm. Or was it Europe? Israel. Israel, that's right. Yep. So he was brought in from Israel for LeBron's uh, coming home tour in Cleveland after he had left Miami. And admittedly, LeBron came into a very good situation in Cleveland. Though it was like, oh, he's coming to the you know team that's... Uh, you know, uh, starving for a title and doing so. No, they had Kyrie Irving. Yep. They acquired Kevin Love, and they built a pretty good team around him that was like, okay, this is a title-running team. That team was not a title-running <laughs> team in the first, like, 30 or 40 games of the season, and they ended up firing David Blatt because David Blatt didn't know how to coach stars. So the three guys that you mentioned, I think you are correct. Of course, you get transformational stars. You get Tim Duncan. You get David Robinson. You get LeBron and Wade and... Durant and blah 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 the list goes on but if you don't know how to coach them sure and you don't know how to lead a team it can get really bad really fast and I think for Monty Williams perhaps at the end of his tenure with the Suns maybe it got to be too much yeah. who knows but the Suns you are correct they devolved and it was weird and I think that's probably why they fired Monty Williams. Well, I mean, you could you could make the counter argument, you know, to a guy that can coach stars and Phil Jackson. I mean, he, you of know, course, you, you, yeah. you can say the only reason he had success, he had Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille mm-hmm. O'Neal. But at the same time, you know, taking those guys and making them that much better. And yeah, I mean, it, who was the guy before Jordan or uh, before uh, Phil? Uh, Doug Collins. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and again, there is another really great point to make in that. Um, you know, Scotty Pippen joined right at the same the, time that yeah. Phil Jackson did. So, yeah, and that seemed to make a difference. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't you, know. You, same thing with the Lakers, too. You the know? NBA is such a player-driven league. The mm-hmm. idea that you have a guy get fired and his next job is getting paid double, more than double what the guy coming in to replace him is getting paid. And the better hire seems like Frank Vogel. It's very interesting to me. That I, I find fascinating. I think a lot of these things, too, because we've talked about this in the NFL before, right? Like... Like, dudes get hired, and you and I ha- share an opinion where we're like, what the hell? Like, why? Yep. And I feel like we've come to this conclusion every single time, and maybe we will with NBA coaches, is that, like, I think sometimes you they just get into the room, yep. they talk to these GMs and owners, and the GMs and owners go, I like this guy. Yep. Let's do it. How much money we got? Yeah. How like, much How much is, uh, how much is, is Milwaukee going to offer this guy? That's the other thing. If if you're if you're let's just say, and I don't know that this happened, if you're Monty Williams and you have an offer to coach Detroit for seventy eight million dollars, yeah, how much less would you have taken to go and coach Milwaukee? Uh, not. It's just about dude, the money. Well, dude, seventy eight million dollars is it's generational. Okay. Well, it's, I, I understand it's, that it's your if family you, for three or four generations. If you get offered seventy five million dollars by Milwaukee. Yeah, I'm still taking the okay. eight. Just yeah, just just. I, I mean, dude, that's three million more dollars. How would you describe Detroit's? Uh, it would have to be cur- within within roster. like the half million <laughs> for me to be like, all right, well, I'll go to Milwaukee. All right. I mean, seriously, think about it. Think about you getting a million dollars in cash. 
Yeah. That changes your life, right? Oh, I mean, it would change my afternoon for sure. <laughs> The yeah, rest change your life. If you, you got, gave me a million dollars. You got right a million dollars. This afternoon would be bananas. Yes, it would yeah. be tax-free million dollars. It would change oh, yeah. your life, dude. Three million dollars? Yeah, I'm still gonna take three million dollars more. I understand. I understand that, yeah. but like, the the three million dollars disconnected from the other seventy five is very different too. Yeah. I mean, this is already a guy that is in in like in the the one percent of of you know of wealth. Yeah, wealth. So looking at, well, maybe not the 1%, but 5%, whatever it is, uh, he's, he's making a lot more yeah. money than we are. And as a coach, you can do that a lot longer than you can as a player. So when a guy gets $75 million as a coach, he can turn around and do that again. And if he does what he is expected to do by the team in Detroit, he's going to make a lot more money than that. But if you go to Milwaukee and win two championships, you're going to make more money as, as the career goes on too. It's just, I just wonder how much you're willing to bet on yourself and go, all right, I, does he really believe that he can go in and make Detroit a title contender in the next six years? Or does uh, he go, or does he go, damn it, it's going to take that cash, homie. Dude, I, I don't, well, I mean, you are correct in terms of the mindset of probably. Because if you get, if you get like, I, I can mi- make them a title contender. Ooh, six years, I think. That's, that's what the contract Dude, it's basement, though. Like, I think yeah. Detroit understands that six years, like, it's not a title. It's like, hey, we're making the playoffs. Really? No, dude. dude it, is, it is basement level in three Detroit. Three quarters of a billion dollars? Dude. You better be in a title contention. It's the long run. Six, run, six years is a long time. They know, the they know right. what this is. They are literally building. This was the same thing with the Thunder after oh. everybody left. They just go, look, I'm gathering stuff. If we can make the playoffs in six years, so, that's great. So wait, well, tell me this now. Okay, now okay, I'm gonna ask. We got a break. I'm gonna ask you the question, yeah. and I want you to answer me. You're telling me that where Detroit is right now, mm-hmm. that it, they don't have to be competing within the next six years for a title, and Monty Williams can still have a successful run. That's what you just said, right? Okay, other side. That's what you said. On the other side, you're the you're the same guy that wants the Blazers to go full tank, get rid of Dame. You're telling me that's at least a six year process. A lot of difference. I, 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 I want an explanation Great. on how it's more than six years. We'll talk about that next. Sinner and Saint on 1080 The Fan. The Sinner and the Saint Tailgate with Luke Anderson and Will Darkins on 1080 The Fan. Hi, welcome back in. Uh, We got in a little bit of a uh, heated debate. Uh, Monty Williams just signed a six-year, $78 million contract to coach the Detroit Pistons. And I said, if you are the ownership, the management of the Detroit basketball team, you're expecting him to turn this into a title contender in the next six years. I mean, that type of money, that type of commitment, you're, I assume in the first few years it's going to be very hands-off. Monty, you do what you got to do. This team is bad, and we realize that let's reshape this team. He's going to be obviously integral in any player personnel moves that they make and decisions that the franchise has going forward. They're giving somebody that kind of money, the highest contract ever for a coach in the NBA. Mm-hmm. They're giving him a lot of trust. But there are expectations tied to that. And I think within the next six years, you have to expect a team that has a history of winning. I mean, Detroit is bad now, but they've got championships in the 2010s. They've got championships in the late 80s, early 90s. So this is a team that likes to win. I asked you, and you said, no, they don't necessarily have to to be winning a championship. They have to be 
a much better team in six years. Tell me if I'm saying that incorrectly. That's correct. I said okay. if if in six years they are in the let's say in the last two of those making the playoffs and making runs, then yeah, I think that you got your return on investment. Okay. Okay. So yeah. Now I want to flip this around and bring it back to another argument that you're consistent with, and I will give you credit for that, is you're on the, it's time for Damian Lillard to go. This team is not going to win. With him as your centerpiece, he takes up too much of the money, and he takes up too much of the attention. They can't bring in free agents. They need to go full tank mode, trade off Dame, get as many assets you can, and build around the young core that you have with Shaden Sharp, maybe Anthony Simons, uh, but but start over. What is the, is that right? Yeah, okay. uh, just, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. But what parts did I miss? I mean, you, no, 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 I mean okay. we can get into it. Okay. So, is it a six-year window where if the Blazers go full tank, is it a six-year timeline realistic for the Blazers to be a regular playoff team making runs, or should they be within six years competing for championships? I think that it wouldn't be six years. I think it would be less than that because there's at least still some talent left over. Now, again, we're talking in hypotheticals here, so I don't know what would happen once you trade Damian Lillard. I don't know what pieces you get back. I don't know if you do that, you get some pretty good players, and actually you're just in the playoffs the next season because the roster in Portland right now compared to the roster in Detroit, it is like JV to pro. I don't think you understand how horrible the Pistons <laughs> really are. They are a GD horrible level team. Like so Houston that, is in disarray. Yeah. The Pistons, because of the fact that Cade Cunningham is not working out like they planned and not building around the other pieces that they were at least trying to tinker with, has made them so irrelevant that I don't think you can name the two guard in their starting lineup, can you? No, I couldn't name. I couldn't even. You give me Cade Cunningham. I can't name four other players on the team to fill out a starting. Lineup. Can you name who their other coach was? The last one. Oh, um, you can't. Uh, I, don't, I cannot. Yeah, yeah. Who was it? I don't know. Either. Okay, <laughs> that's how bad it is. Sure, I get that they're yeah. bad. Yeah. Six years is a long time, though. It is a long time, but Six... think about again the Thunder. And I know you hate that I like to harp on the Thunder, but the hey, Thunder. Listen, I'm, 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 they I'm... had a six-year. They, they probably even more. Sam Presti had a large window, and he goes, look, I know it's unrealistic to tell some dude who comes in here and be like, get me to a title in six years, and if you don't, your ass is on the curb. He was just like, look, I'm going to sit back, I'm going to collect these assets, and I'm going to let what happens happens. I'm in a market right now, and maybe this is a little difference between the two markets. I'm in a market right now where people are going to go to these games. I'm the only show in town. That's what's going to happen. People are going to come to these games. I know it. I treat the team well. I manage the team well, and I manage players well, and they seem to like me right? I have time. And if during that time we get incrementally a little bit better and I bring on a young core of dudes like Giddy, like Gildress Alexander, all those other guys, it will get better. And they have gotten better. And you are correct. If they don't build off of the run that they had this season, which again, they won 14 more games than they did and they got into the play-in, which is a great improvement. Yeah, maybe it is kind of a letdown. Sure. But, but okay, so tell me, with the Blazers, yeah. you, I, I realize that you don't know all of the pieces. All right. If they trade off Dame, what's the timeline? So if they trade uh, to, to what? Get to the playoffs or what? To be a title contender, which means you're, you're finishing in the top three in the West yeah. and making it to a, a minimum a Western Conference Finals. I, I think, again, you have to consider what the pieces are. Of but course. in those pieces that we have now, 
you could say six to eight years. Six to eight years, man. And, and but with, again, and with, and with Damian that's Lillard, a whole different situation than what's going on in Detroit. I understand. I understand. You got pieces. Shaden Sharp looks really great. If sure. you're able to hold on to Anthony Simons, which I mean, in this case, you probably do. Yeah. He's really good. So it's it's shortened by so, quite a lot. So what's the timeline keeping Dame? Never. You never have a chance to do it. Or if you can get one guy to pop and become a contributor, don't you have a better chance keeping Damian Lillard for the next four years of getting back to a Western Conference Finals and maybe making a Finals than you do that? Then the value of going, let's rebuild, and in six to eight years we might be somewhere. I realize that in six years we might be in a worse place keeping Damian Lillard, but I don't want to sacrifice the next four for that. That's totally fine. And actually, when you were gone the other week, I, I, I laid it out like this. Because I think this is essentially the decision that Blazers fans need to just make now. Because I think we're at this pivotal point. There, there's really no go, going back, right? We have this third pick. Yeah. We can trade it uh, for... Draft night's going to be fun. <laughs> right, yeah. Right who, who knows what we'll do? Yeah. You know, maybe you get Scoot. Maybe you, you know, trade off and you get... Who knows? Anything. Whatever. You yeah. get you get your other Jeremy Grant. And you yeah! Get, you get five games better Does or Jeremy something. Grant have a twin? Horace Grant had a twin. Does Jeremy Grant have a twin? Do you want to enjoy the remaining Damian Lillard years? Yes. Great. That's what you'll do. But you also need to know, with that, you probably won't get to a Western Conference Finals. And you'll, but you know what? You'll probably I'll I'll compete to get into the playoffs. I mean, like, you're probably getting into the play-in at best. But in That's the next, about it. But in the next four years without Damian Lillard, you have no chance of getting to the Western Conference Finals but either. you get the possibility of getting to watch a young core and get, uh, handing the keys over yeah. to a really exciting young player and seeing what they can do. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, which, it's what we watch. If the last you want to watch, if you want to enjoy the remaining prime years of Damian Lillard, knowing that you won't accomplish what he wants to do, and you'll have to just sit there and listen to him just squawk about this constantly, and then watch Joe Cronin bring in these B solid B level players to come in and get the same result over and over again. I'm fine with it. I'm cool with it. Because I get it. Watching players that you love is a huge part of the NBA. Yeah. But for me, as a fan, I've seen enough. Seen enough? I, I, I've give seen me, it. Give I've me some Josh it. Giddy. Give me some Shea Gildas yes. Alexander. Give me, give me young, youth. exciting players. <laughs> give somebody else a chance Why? to try to form this team into something else. You're just an ageist. You can, can't stand watching an old, exciting player like Damian Lillard. Sure. <laughs> I mean, that's really what it is. You have these diehard Blazers fans that basically just don't want to break up with Damian Lillard because you know they love him as a player. But you know what? There's plenty of diehard Blazers fans that are ready for the breakup because they're expecting the team to magically transform into sure. this young, run-and-shoot, lob city, uh, reincarnate, whatever it yeah. is. Winning a championship in the NBA is the hardest thing to do in professional sports. It's, it's the hardest league to win a championship in. Yeah. It just is. It and is. if Denver wins this year, they're going to be the favorite to win it next year because that's how the NBA works. And that's not like hyperbole like the Chiefs just won the Super Bowl, so of course they're sitting across the uh, atop the power rankings going in next year. It's not only like they'll be the favorite. They'll probably be the most likely team to win it because once you figure out the formula in the NBA, it's been proven again and again that you're very, very likely to be back in the finals the following year. It just happens 
more often than in any other sport. So it gets very difficult, and then you're going to have the top of the West is going to be in- incrementally harder to get through each year while they stay on top. And now I, you've got a seven foot four unicorn going yeah. to San Antonio with one of the greatest coaches ever. It's not going to get easier. Here, here's what I love. Plus, the Thunder are going to be great next year because they're going to win another 19 more games. Good luck beating them. Here's what I love. What? I ask this question constantly to people about this topic with the Trailblazers. Sure. Give me a scenario where we're getting better trading that third pick. Next season. Next season? Yeah. yeah. Go go out and getting uh, Mikel Bridges would make you better. Right. The guy that the team who, when asked was about that situation, said he's not going anywhere. We'll see. Okay. So he's not going anywhere. Okay. So who's next? Um, Go out and get... Anybody that can there go. There it is. No, well, Here no, we but, go. No. You but, can't name specific people. Well, Mikel Bridges, well, I, so many people hung their hats on. And I kind of got that one. Yeah. But once the team came out and just goes, we're not doing that. This guy's an integral part to us building sure. at least something. Then after that, it went, well, uh, you know, a strong three. Who can shoot? Right. Who's that? But listen. Well, somebody who's. Right. What, what's the name? <laughs> so you need. The, you don't have it, do you? You need the name. That, right. Yes, I do. Okay. Because we're at that point. We're yes. at the point where Damian Lillard wants to win now. So I do need the name. We are two weeks away <laughs> from the NBA draft. Yes. Okay. So what would what would you like the Blazers to do? Trade Dame? Yeah. I mean, look, if you can get an incredible what, value for him. Because tell me the names. Yes. Because tell me the names. Well, <laughs> yeah. You want, you, if you, you can get an incredible draft value for him and some young players, that is... With a six to eight year window, is a lot more feasible to <laughs> go. Don't... To go, okay, yeah, sure. If we need to win in the next two years, yeah, I want some friggin' names. Yeah, yeah. who is it? Yeah. Well, listen, I uh, I don't I don't have those at the tip of my tongue, and I apologize. For that's that. okay. But, but let me tell you the names. Let me tell you the names that were not on anybody's list for a for a Western Conference Finals run. D'Angelo Russell was not on anybody's list. Uh, Dennis Schroeder was not on anybody's list. Austin Reeves definitely was not on anybody's list. Mm. Rui Hachimura was not on anybody's list of guys to go out and get. So that's part of the NBA, too, where adding Bruce Brown doesn't feel like the missing piece for a team. Bruce but guess Brown. what? That guy has been awesome for the Denver Nuggets. So, yes, I do not know them looking forward. But in hindsight, you go back and every year there are guys that move. And, and you go, ah, that's not that big of a deal. And then it gets to crunch time, and the guy's making big shots, and you look at it and go, dang, well, good thing they got Caleb Martin because nobody thought that that was a valuable move that, oh, Duncan Robinson, oh, how'd they get? How'd nobody draft that guy? We don't know. But they, they're getting Tyler Hero back, and it's going to be fun to watch. Was Tyler, Tyler Hero on your big list of great draft picks that were made in the last 15 years? He was not. But he's a great player. So sure. let's just let's just wait and see what happens. I think being in a four-year window where it's it's make it or break it with Dame is a lot more fun than being in a six- to eight-year window is my point. All right. Fair enough. Fair All enough. Right. Let's. Uh, do we still have to get to a Sports Center update? Because I think we do. Yes? It's short. Let's do a short Sports Center update. Center and the same tailgate with Luke Anderson and Will Darkins on 1080 The Fan. Cool moment in baseball. Uh, Lamonte Wade Jr. plays for the uh, San Francisco Giant. He hit the 100th baseball into McCovey Cove 
I don't know if any of those words mean anything to you, uh, Mr. Will Darkins. They McCovey, don't. McCovey Cove is the body of water just over the right field uh, bleachers in uh, in the San Francisco home baseball park. Uh, oh. Very famous for when Barry Bonds was smashing home runs out there. It was full of kayaks. So the 100th ball was caught by a fan uh, out in McCovey Cove. And uh, the guy... First of all, it looks exactly like you would expect. He's an overweight, uh, older white guy uh, out there in a kayak. <laughs> central which, casting. Central casting yeah. for baseball. Your, your image of a baseball fan. Uh, but he's visibly, visibly overwhelmed. It obviously meant a lot to this guy, uh, and he was... He was catching his breath. He's leaning back in the kayak. It's a cool, very cool moment in baseball. That's so great. my question to you is, outside of the Blazers winning a championship, in an individual sports moment, what would get you the most overwhelmed as a fan overwhelmed as a fan yeah what would be the, what uh, would be the thing that would catch you on camera going man you see that i think that was former uh fullback uh oregon state fullback will dark was crying like a baby because he was just so happy i don't know like if oregon state had like a dream season where they like won the pac 12 and then won the rose bowl yeah i might get a little weepy for that that would be pretty awesome I don't know. There's so, there's something about like a college football season if your team comes like this season. I was just so stoked, like that we ended the way we did. Like the fact that like we won in a completely rundown research stadium <laughs> that's getting remodeled. It's pretty good against Oregon. Home and then, game against the Mighty Ducks. And then we go to like our our second bowl game uh, in you know however many years. And like even though. They were severely undermanned. Like we trounced an SEC team. Like it, it was, it was a really great finish, and it made yeah. you feel great about the season. And there's something to me about the end of a college football season that if your team does really well, it almost culminates your year personally. Like for oh, me, really well. Yeah. I so guess it's it, like, the timing of it makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah, it's just awesome because it's the end of the year, and then like all these things end up going well, and it's just like, wow, that was a really awesome end to 2020, whatever. Yeah. So like, yeah, if we went to the Rose Bowl and on New Year's Day. Or whatever. Would you go to the Rose Bowl? If the Beavers made it to a Rose oh, Bowl, dude, you'd I'm be there on in that a plane. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. whatever money I need to pay to get there. I'm going. Yeah. Are you Are you pulling all of your connections trying to get on the field and be like, oh, here's a bunch of famous. Uh, I mean, I could try. There's uh, who's that guy? I know maybe like two or three people <laughs> now that work in the organization still, but that's about it. And yeah. I, I'm sure my brother would be more into that than me. Dude, like, that'd be pretty be cool that. being down there with your brother on the field. Though. Yeah, like, it would be, be awesome. Yeah. 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 I mean, that that's probably Because you the and your brother moment. would both go too, right? Oh, like, of course. No We'd question. probably take the whole family. That's awesome. Um, yeah. I mean, that's really all I could. I don't know. For you, would it be the, the Mariners? I mean, the Mariners winning a World Series would be insane because they've never even made it. They're the only yeah. Major League Baseball team never even to make it to the World Series. Um, yeah. And I'm trying to think of, like, catching a home run ball is has a certain amount of, you know, gravitas to it, even though, that you know, there's there's thousands of home runs hit across, you know, the course of Major League Baseball throughout the year or whatever. You have all of these guys doing it. And it's, you know, one ball is in particular. But catching, like, a monumental home run, might do it. Like, let's say, let's say, you know, Julio Rodriguez or whoever, you know, sets like the Mariners record and you're the guy that catches that home run ball. I think that'd be pretty remarkable. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, because you're be. kind of connected and yeah, you're, you're, you're in. woven into like a moment in history. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I mean, the guy, even though it is a horrible example, um, who is it for the Cubs? Uh, the oh, Bartman, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, Bartman. I mean, yes, that's a more tragic example, but like, <laughs> Bartman literally is a piece of that franchise's history. 
Yeah. Like he is a point in that hit. Is there any other sports franchise in the United <laughs> States that At has a that has a fan that oh. is that important? No. To the team. I mean, you remember the name Jeffrey Mayer for the Yankees, but they won so much. It didn't really matter. Didn't matter. It was be- it was because of the curse and all of those yes. things. But there, that's something cool about baseball. It's like if the ball goes up into the uh, the stands in a basketball game, you don't get to keep it. You don't no. get the whole thing. But that is something that's pretty special about uh, about baseball, yeah. where you can walk away with that souvenir. This is the ball. Yeah. And it turned into such a thing. that. But, yeah, the guy the guy in McCovey Cove sitting in the kayak was a pretty cool moment this week. So if you didn't see it, you sure, I'm sure you can find it on the interwebs uh, i did and i don't even know how to use it so it's there, true there you you've go. accidentally gone to numerous pornography sites and i've told you you have to quit typing that i mean i'm never uh, mad when i get there i know but i keep telling you you keep doing that Stop they're doing going to give computer. you a new computer here because it's really not that strict um <laughs> game two nba finals is tomorrow game one of the stanley cup finals is tonight uh Memorial going on. Uh, plenty of things in sports. What to watch is next. Center and Saint, 1080, the fan. Which is the most exciting matchup in the field of competition? Which game will leave you kicking yourself if you miss it? Which channel should you switch to when the sporting day is gone? Welcome to America's most exciting sports talk radio show segment. It's time for What to Watch. Presented by Encore Audio Video. Now hear this. Whether you're looking for a new TV or a custom home theater, start at Encore Showroom at 14th and Everett in the Pearl. Now our expert panel, avid television viewer Will Darkins. And increasingly out-of-touch father of twin girls, Luke Anderson. Are here to tell you what to watch. Literally. It's what to watch on The Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. Well, I know you're going to watch the NBA Finals tomorrow, and I know that I cannot convince you of it. But tonight is game one of the Stanley Cup Finals. I don't need you to watch the game. We're making nachos tonight. I don't need you to watch the game. Watch the opening announcements, player lineups, and the entertainment value that you get from the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Funny names? Just getting ready. No, the the pageantry, the, the entertainment of it, the Las Vegas effect on professional sports. And they have done such a good job. With their uh, with their branding of the team, uh, and it's even carried over into what the Kraken do and what they have done. Yeah. The NHL has turned into uh, one of the more entertaining sports, uh, and a lot of it has to do with the Golden Knights. They go out there and they just put on a show. And if the Golden Knights win this whole thing, they've already won over their fans. Already beloved in Las Vegas. I don't know how many people we know from Las Vegas, but the Golden Knights are a big thing. But man, Title Town. Uh, might be Las Vegas. They already own the championship for the WNBA with the Aces. They've got that. And then they win the NHL. Man, they will be the champions in uh, you know the what, fourth and seventh uh, professional sports leagues in the, in the U.S. It's fantastic. 
And when they get that new baseball team. I know. They're gonna, well, they're going to get the football team. They're turning into it. Let's get more teams in more cities. Can we just make 60-team uh, champion leagues and have a relegation and have teams move up and move down? Let's let's get more live sports. I want Portland to have a hockey team, a baseball team. I don't care if they're in the B League. Let's just roll out more sports. I just finished watching Ted Lasso, and I'm all about relegation. Let's go. More teams, more cities. Come on. Do you think, like, legacy Vegas residents care about the Raiders? Yeah. Really? Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, do. I mean, I know, obviously, people go to the games, but I can kind of chalk that up to, like, it's Vegas. I'm sure there's just people who, like, get tickets and are like, let's do it. I think that there's just a certain ownership when you get a local team. I mean, look at our Blazers, man. I mean, no matter what happens with the team, there is no shortage of conversation, and there's people on either side of it. People absolutely love this team. Seattle lost their basketball team. They have other professional sports. They no longer talk about basketball. Like, imagine if the Blazers got ripped out of here. You'd stop watching the NBA. I know, and they won't shut up about it either. I know. They're, oh, uh, we lost our bet. Dude, you have an NFL a team, a, a dude, hockey team. Well, they do now. But if you, yeah. if, you lost, if you lost the Blazers and it got replaced with a baseball team, you would no longer watch the NBA. If you had to trade them eh. away, I don't think you would. Uh, no, I would. Okay. All I right. enjoy the NBA. I enjoy that. I, 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 I do as a sport. I really enjoy Because it's I, the same thing with the NFL. I don't care about the Seahawks. Yeah. I don't care about any of that. I watch this. I don't have any team and I have zero allegiance, but I love the NFL and I watch the, it. The NFL is a whole different animal, and that's why they uh, mm. they are winning so hard. Uh, tomorrow night, uh, game two, what are you looking for? Um, I mean, look, Miami just has to shoot better. Miami has to figure out what they want to do with Jokic. You can't double him. That was shown in game one because, you know, he'll pick you apart from the paint. Uh, you know, Try some zones, try to kind of do a little bit of defensive shifting when he does get the ball. I mean, it's kind of like a dartboard situation where you're just like, let's throw everything at him and see what happens at this point. Because, uh, again, uh, Miami didn't play up to their standard in terms of shooting in game one. Quite honestly, Denver really didn't play up to their standard in terms <laughs> yeah. of team basketball. Like they were great, but like that isn't the best that they've been. Nope. Not even in the playoffs. So I, like, just put your Donis Haslam out there and just start hacking. Yoke I mean, Jordan. really, uh, yeah. Get Kevin Love out there. Get just size out there. You really have to because at this point, I mean, from what I saw in Game One, it was just like it was too easy. Yeah. That looked like practice, dude. Like, well, I mean, bad. you're coming off a series where you just swept Anthony Davis, what, who is elite, elite yeah. size, athletic Juggernaut. ability, yep. defensive mm-hmm. uh, prowess, and uh, you were able to uh, dispatch of them very easily. You do not have Anthony Davis on that roster, no. and you don't have anywhere close to him. No. So I think it's going to – is it a must-win for Miami? Yeah. Okay. Uh, kind of. Well, I mean – Yeah, I mean, okay. look, you got <laughs> from from the external circumstances – that you're looking at, yeah, it kind of is. Now, if they both had the same amount of rest and everything, and they both had swept their respective teams, and Denver went up 2-0, I'd still say, okay, let's see what happens when we yeah. go back to Miami. If you get beat twice in a row, and you get beat bad twice in a row going back to Miami, I, I don't see how... I don't see how anything changes. Really. I, 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 every time I look at my crystal ball, I see a sweep, and it's Denver, and it was before it started, That's too and I've bad. been saying that. Yeah, you know what, though? I... I like like you said, just the the way that that Jokic handles and stuff 
in post game, and I think Jamal Murray's incredibly likable. I really like Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr. as guys that have accepted their roles. That I could see why they wouldn't with the, you know the way their careers sure. started. Yeah. Um, but they have really embraced the role player positions yeah. that they're in now. Boy, I mean, Michael Porter Jr. He is a he's a weird. Yeah, weird, weird coming up story, huh? Yeah, he's, he's just a, he's kind of a weird guy, but yeah. he's he's definitely accepted the third, fourth, fifth banana roll and has been, has yeah, been very. See, and they have that window too. Yeah, I mean he'll get money. Like, oh yeah, once yeah. that's over, he'll he'll get he'll get max offers just because it's that's the NBA. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch and uh, see what happens. But I think uh, I think Denver's uh, set to be on a run for a little while, and um, I think I think the West is as compelling as it's ever been. But uh, yeah, I think that this is uh, this is gonna be a quick one. Unfortunately, uh, anything outside of sports that I need to watch that people need to watch that our listeners need to watch? Shiny happy people on Amazon documentary okay. about the Duggars. Oh, did you watch the show when it was on? That's I did like, not. The way they have so that's kids. why this has been kind of like. Well, I mean, I was aware of it, obviously, but sure, like, yeah. that's a seventeen kids yeah, in the family, yep, and yeah. they had their own reality show. And, yeah, yeah, dude, uh, that family is out of. Uh, yeah. Out of a horror novel. Ooh. All right, I remember the, the the family that was trying to be a reality show that had their kids chained up in Paris, California. And that freaked Yikes. me out too. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we'll have a great weekend. <laughs> we will end it on a very positive note with that. Uh, children being chained up, as we always do. Um, wh- whatever happens at the NBA Finals, we'll talk about it next week. But for now, we're done. Bye bye.